Hi, I'm Stephen and I'm the host of the Simple English News Daily podcast, downloaded over a million times. Monday to Friday, we tell you the most important stories everywhere in the world in just seven minutes. No opinion, just facts from politics, conflict, business, science, tech and everything else in the most simple way the story can be told. Understand the headlines from every continent every day in seven minutes. Go to send7.org or search in your podcast app for Simple English News Daily. Hello, I'm Roger Baker, Executive Director of the Stratfor Center for Applied Geopolitics at RAIN. This podcast is brought to you by RAIN Worldview, the premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Find out how RAIN can help you stay ahead of global events at rainnetwork.com. This is RAIN's Essential Geopolitics Podcast, the most useful conversation you'll hear all week, I guarantee you. I'm Emily Donahue. Welcome aboard. Since Russia invaded Ukraine in early 2022, the world has followed the conflict on the ground and in the air. But there's another battlefield in cyberspace. Today we're talking about Russian cyber activities in the Ukrainian war. And Ali Plushinsky is here. She's RAIN's strategic cyber analyst. Welcome, Ali. Thank you very much. So, Ali, what does the Russian cyber threat in Ukraine look like today? And I guess secondarily, how is it impacting other countries? Thank you for that question, Emily. Um, so, as you mentioned, uh, the world has been paying close attention to the Russian-Ukrainian war since it first began uh, in early February. And the cyber component has continued to be a, a primary component of the war. Um, on the ground in Ukraine, we've seen a number of Russian cyber attacks continue to target Ukrainian institutions, specifically industrial infrastructure, energy facilities, electric grids, as well as some civilian infrastructure. And over the past few months, we've seen some of the cyber activity expand to outside of Ukraine's boundaries, um, specifically from Russian-aligned threat actors. We've seen a number of Russian-aligned hacktivist groups, such as one high-profile group called KillNet, which has engaged in a number of disruptive cyber attacks targeting Western governments um, and institutions, typically in a retaliatory action to either Western-imposed sanctions or other policies enacted by these governments. And so in recent months, we've seen KillNet target the Lithuanian government, Estonia, Norway, and its most recent attack has been against Japan, which was really interesting because this was one of the first high-profile cyber attacks correlated to the Russian-Ukrainian war that we've seen target a country outside of Europe or the U.S. Um, and so, you know, this this geographical landscape of, of potential company, uh, uh, countries rather impacted by Russian cyber activity is continuing to expand. And typically this behavior is coming from an attempt by Russian threat actors to either retaliate or punish Western governments for, again, sanctions, Western support of Ukraine, and um, overall policy that goes against Russian objectives in the war and more generally. So talk to me about how damaging these Russian cyber operations have been. Sure. Well, it's for, firstly, it is difficult to say. Um, cyber is a different 
realm where some damage can be difficult to quantify, especially with data loss or, or certain hardware and software damage. However, we do know that campaigns by groups like KillNet have, have really been more uh, inconveniencing than, than severely damaging or catastrophic. Um, it, it's really been more of a, a bark than bite uh, kind of trend. Um, within Ukraine itself, I think many were surprised to see that the cyber component of the war did not meet some of the expectations that I think many had uh, leading up to the months when, when the war was going to break out. Um, and that's not to say that Russia hasn't utilized strong disruptive cyber capabilities against Ukraine. And uh, even before the invasion officially began, we saw Russia attack and disrupt the Viasat satellite station with data wiper malware shortly before the invasion began, which severely disrupted communications in Ukraine and, and severely disrupted communications in, in different areas of Europe. And we've also seen Russia attempt to sabotage other areas of Ukrainian infrastructure that uh, one operation was sabotaged in April against Ukraine's uh, energy grid. And we also saw Meta, um, the parent company for Facebook and Instagram, just announced that it had taken down a, a very large and complex Russian disinformation operation that had been operating since the war began in Ukraine. Um, so in terms of why Russia's cyber operations maybe haven't been causing the damage that many thought they would. There's there's a number of drivers that could probably point to that. Um, Russia's been using Ukraine as a testing ground for cyber operations for many, many years. And while these, these operations and practice that Russia's engaged in Ukraine has built Russia's offensive cyber capabilities to a great extent, it also drew really early attention to the need to bolster not only Ukraine cyber defenses, but, but Europe cyber defenses, NATO country cyber defenses. So cyber has been a component of past Russian operations against Ukraine and other European countries during Russia's invasion of Crimea and Eastern Europe in 2014. Russia utilized uh, cyber capabilities to disrupt Ukrainian military communication systems. And Russia has also used cyber operations against Estonia in 2007 following uh, a decision by the government to remove a Soviet memorial. And so I think a lot of European countries and the U.S. as well were drawn in early to this awareness that Russia would be using cyber capabilities in the future, and they really prepared for that. Um, and additionally, it's important to remember that Ukraine has significant support from huge Western tech conglomerates like Microsoft, Google, and Meta, which have all contributed to the detection and neutralization of Russian cyber activities in Ukrainian cyberspace prior to them being able to cause significant damage. So Ali, I don't know whether this is actually quantifiable, but how may Russian cyber operations expand in the coming months? Right. So again, to your point, uh, cyber is definitely a difficult uh area of operation to quantify. However, while, while we haven't really seen catastrophic impact as of yet, uh, it, I guess it doesn't mean that we're out of the woods, so to speak. Uh, just two days ago, the Ukrainian intelligence, one of the Ukrainian intelligence agencies warned that Russia is planning massive cyber attacks against Ukraine's critical infrastructure, specifically its energy infrastructure. And this warning also pertained to Eastern European countries like Poland and the Baltics. And while there wasn't a lot of information around these claims, 
any cyber attacks to critical infrastructure, to energy facilities is going to have major consequences, not only for Ukraine, but other European countries as Europe continues to battle an energy crisis and as winter approaches. And additionally, while activities by hacktivist groups like Killnet, which I mentioned earlier, haven't been overwhelmingly impactful, um, we've seen Russia ramp up a lot of its rhetoric that signals that it's willing to escalate the war. It's engaged in nuclear rhetoric recently, it's expanded its military draft, and so coincidingly, I think it's very likely that we'll see these Russian-aligned hacking groups also ramp up their activities. Um, and again, as, as the U.S. midterm elections approach, we'll, we'll probably definitely also see additional information war ca warfare campaigns targeting U.S. cyberspace, again, in an attempt to either undermine social cohesion, exacerbate politi political polarization, um, but also just disrupt overall U.S. Uh, daily life or other Western countries' daily life. Wow. That's quite a lot to think about. Thank you so much for that analysis. Uh, thank you for having me. Ali Pluchinski is a strategic cyber analyst with RAIN, the Risk Assistance Network and Exchange. You can read her analysis in RAIN Worldview, which is one of RAIN's industry-leading geopolitical intelligence offerings. You can learn more about RAIN's geopolitical risk monitoring and intelligence services at RAINnetwork.com. That's R-A-N-E-Network.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening.